Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Leadership, a podcast for leaders everywhere doing their best to learn and lead in a rapidly changing world with your host, Helen Woodward. We're here to share leadership learning from everyday work and research, helping leaders and teams be their best. So wherever you are when you listen, I hope you find something to make you smile, a new insight and a question to think about. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Leadership. My guest today, I'm delighted to introduce you to, is Matt Delahaye from Employ. You're the CEO of Employ. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hi, Ellen. Nice to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. You're very welcome. It's great to have you here. So I'm going to ask you to tell us a bit about Employ in a minute, but I know that you're you're also a graduate from the Y Combinator startup school, which is pretty cool. So you might like to just mention some of that as well. But do you want to just tell us exactly what Employ does and why it matters? Sure thing. Um, so we're a London, UK-based software company um, building products that help big employers to streamline their hiring. So helping them to reach potential job seekers, to make it as easy and intuitive as possible for those people to apply for a job, and then to provide the data and analytics around all of that so they understand what is working and what isn't. Um, certainly in the West, in the post-COVID world, uh, the labor market has fundamentally changed. And a lot of companies in many industries are struggling to find the people they need to run effectively. Part of the problem with that, the reason for that is the technology and the, the approaches that they are leaning on is built for a different a different reality. We're addressing a lot of those challenges and helping companies to hire. Mm. And we were just talking about this, but really importantly as well, you're helping people who want to work. And you know, we don't we don't get out of poverty any other way other than by having access to a personal income. And access to the labour market is so significant in doing that. So, how how many people have you helped into work, um, say, in the last year? I mean, about a million and a half people have moved through software that we've built. So as a software, as a service provider, we effectively white label our platform for big employers, companies like the Compass Group, who you know hire thousands of people a year, Born Leisure, Haven Holidays, Buttons. So you know, they have thousands of hires that they make, but further up the funnel is a lot of people moving through, looking for jobs, submitting applications, and then you know, a proportion of them getting hired. Our mission is to make that as easy and intuitive as possible, um, to make it as easy for job seekers to find the information they need and to, you know, whatever device they use to submit, um, start and submit an application. Um, it turns out doing that for one side is what you have to do to, to fix staffing issues for, for the employers looking to find those people. Mm, okay. And I, I, mean, I was looking at your Trustpilot and Glassdoor reviews earlier, which are really very positive and very very hopeful and encouraging, really. Um, and your staff clearly like you, which is also a really great reason to have you on the show. <laughs> but I, and are you having repeat business now? Are people, uh, people have kind of come to you finding entry-level roles? Do they come back for leadership roles and look for career progression through employers as well? So, I mean, we we work with the employers, uh, like big companies. So they, you know, they're contracting us with us across multi-year agreements Often they would, you know, we'd start on a particular challenge. For example, Wagamama, the high street restaurant chain, we started on a small piece of business which was helping them to find managers or, or, or kind of restaurant staff for their airport locations. Obviously, not always the most easy to get to, and mm-hmm. um, you need to pass particular security clearances to work behind security. Um, so they were struggling with that, and we 
we spun up a project, kind of implemented the things that we do, making interventions around how they uh, market their jobs, how they reach potential job seekers, what the experience of somebody applying for one of those jobs is. So beautiful landing pages, um, easy to use application processes, and then data and analytics to inform what is working and what isn't and modify the strategy. That went extremely successfully, filled all of those roles um, for a significant reduction in their typical cost per hire, and now rebuilt their whole front end, manage all of their marketing um, for job seekers. So you can't apply for a job at Wagamama now unless you move through the software that we've built. So I guess that's an example of typically taking bigger enterprises when you are a relative newcomer can be risky to, to change your whole strategy to work with someone like us. So try a little little piece of it. Unfortunately, um, we've got a very good renewal. Well, we've got a hundred percent complete renewal from everybody we've worked with. Um, so, you know, start there and then and then help them with everything is 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 our typical approach. Mm, amazing. And, and you mentioned then the security as well, which you know, obviously for airports is really important. So that that implies you've had to set up a whole kind of vetting process within that as well, so that you do the security vetting of staff. Uh, no, so it's so not really. We, we're just we're purely focused on the kind of sourcing bits. I mean, we 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 put in we can put in some kind of verifications or some, some typically self-reported. Um, we call it targeted friction. Hey, you've applied for this job. You have, you know, X certification because that is necessary. A lot of people would self-select out at that point. Okay, but you know, once somebody has completed an application, it is the kind of post-application. Um, phase is 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 in the hands of the employer okay that makes sense mm. but if you are looking for people who have a particular qualification or or certification there are a smaller number of them out there our job is helping employers to reach those pools of people wherever they may be on the internet whether that's on social media platforms on job platforms if they're out there we will find them and then and then attract them to apply for their jobs so so tell us about tell us about life before employ tell us about your early life where you went to uni what you studied and what brought you into the kind of work that you're doing now sure thing um i'm from south africa born there in kwazulu Natal, which is a province in the northeast of the country Grew up on a dairy farm, um, went, went to school out there, did my undergrad at a place called Stellenbosch University, which is close to Cape Town, where I did a degree in accounting and finance. Um, South Africa is one of those places where you study what you're going to do with your career. So people become doctors and engineers and lawyers and accountants. Um, if you want to do business, you do accounting, which was... Not the most exciting degree, but I wanted to go into business, so that kind of seemed the, the track to follow. I was then very fortunate to win a scholarship to Oxford, where I read a master's of science in African studies. Um, so kind of change change of direction, but to have the business background and ultimately want to do business in Africa, thought that understanding it becomes such a political context in which that would happen, um, particularly from outside of South African view of the place would, would be beneficial um and i loved that applied for another year to stay on and went to the business school where i did an mba or a master's of business administration so how did what what kind of what was the thinking behind employ what sparked that kind of idea and what brought you into that i think initially it was in between those those two years in the uk i was staying with my sister on her sofa who was living in london at the time student no money wanted to find a, just a summer job 
had seen a sign in a window advertising for a waiter, went to try and get it and they'd filled the job and then went online to try and find another job and kind of was confronted with how bad the user experience finding and applying for jobs online was. That was the kind of initial seed of, okay, there is a fundamental inefficiency here. I know there are places like that all over the city looking for staff or people like me. I'm looking to find something. Why is it not easier for us to do so? This was a time when platforms like Deliveroo and Uber and Airbnb were connecting supply and demand very effectively. And LinkedIn had done something kind of interesting for white-collar knowledge workers, but the majority of the world's workforce didn't look like that and was still using these super analog or kind of clunky digital tools to apply. Mm-hmm. So that was the sort of initial seed. I then went off to business school. Kind of, we had to do an entrepreneurship project, got thinking around some of these issues, figured that employers on the other side were also struggling with finding people. And then my co-founder, Alex Hansen-Smith, who is now our chief technology and product officer, had had similar experiences. We kind of got talking about it and one thing led to another and we we started a company. Here we are. Mm. And I'm listening to you and I'm I'm kind of reflecting on some of the frankly torturous application processes that I've been through, you know, in my career. Um, and I mean, like 20 hours preparing for a job interview, you know, because yeah. they, they, you sent a pack of stuff beforehand and they wanted a presentation and then you were you were being interviewed for like the best part of two days. You know, and some people weren't invited back after lunch. I mean, really kind of gruesome experiences that just take huge chunks of your time resource effort and oh my goodness you know and it's it's just not it's not realistic to carry on like that and and I'm not even convinced those processes produce a better hire than than some other things you know so I've I think I've experienced some pretty gruesome hiring processes and I've had to implement some kind of really quite clunky processes as well which have frustrated me as somebody wanting to hire Exactly. I think clunky is the word, um, you know, especially for a lot of our, our clients are kind of high volume hires. You know, they're Haven hired 12,000 people this summer. All of them started somewhere on the internet, applied via their websites, um, ended up in a hiring manager's hands. Um, any amount of unnecessary friction or you know, particularly in a very difficult labor market has really kind of negative impacts on, on that whole process. So. Uh, removing the clunkiness, bringing this part of your organization or you know someone's experience of the internet, which is such an important part of your life, up to the level that we expect from anything else online is, I would hope, a no-brainer. Mm. Uh, well, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, what's been what's been some of your most significant leadership learning through this journey so far? That's a very good question. Um, this is our first Alex and I kind of first proper company that we've built. So there have been a huge amount of learnings along the way. Um, I think you sort of you know, start out starting out much younger and much more self-assured and you know, kind of you're gonna be retired by three years from now, meets the reality of building a company, uh, which is is difficult. A key learning for me is is the value of experience. Like, don't know all of the answers, and a lot of the answers you will get through getting things wrong. I guess the trick is not getting them wrong twice, um, and 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 trying not to recover when when you do. But I think increasingly, I realize I realize that you know, as we 
are scaling and have hired a number of people and you know, are already graduating from a startup to a scale up, the pace at which you make decisions increases. And the learnings from having been through something once to then find yourself in the same position again and say, aha, I remember from last time, and you make a better decision. So experience is important and you should lean on it. Mm. Mm, okay. And that's, I mean, I, I kind of really clocked your point there about, you know, we learn so much from failure and, and we do, and it's painful and it's horrible, um, but not repeating those mistakes is is quite crucial. And I'm aware that as CEO, you're kind of leading across so many things. When it comes to people leadership, what have been some of the values that you've brought into that? Yeah, I, I think that is an, an interesting point, particularly kind of you know, when you're a small company trying to trying to spin up different teams that are going to be self-sufficient. You can't be everywhere at once, and yet you have to be in many of these places simultaneously. Um, so figuring out you know, how to focus on what is most important right now whilst maintaining you know, a sense of the bigger picture and, and the broader organization um, is vital. People, leadership, especially as you grow and you bring, you know, bring people from other organizations come to join you and they have come from different cultures where there are you know, people do things differently as opposed to you know employer where we started as a very small team we've kind of grown that um piece by piece organically culture develops we've tried to codify the things that matter to us into a set of companies values which feed through all that we do you know, we have a weekly all hands we give kudos to, to somebody who has kind of done something during the during the week that embodies those values but it's a tricky one as you know as you scale and as more and more people join how do you maintain the essence of, of what you've built and and the culture of that place i think that that's one thing that we have done to to try and instill that um, kind of into our dna mm. i think that is always a really big challenge how you grow capacity and maintain the kind of values the ethos and the quality at the same time and how you kind of balance that tension um and it's that kind of space in between those two things which you know where we ask the questions and where we kind of live with the struggle yeah and to not be too too tied to anything too too immovable um they kind of learning and experience and you should always be trying to level up when you're hiring people ideally you're hiring people who are better at particular things than you are and you need to be confident enough or humble enough to to learn from that as well and 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 to modify things absolutely i mean yeah hiring people who are better at stuff than we are is is absolutely key isn't it okay so i mean that's a good place to kind of move us on to the next question really um because i wanted to ask you what and you've already kind of talked about actually you know you think you're going to retire in three years time and then actually you realize building a company is you know it's a slow build what advice would you give to kind of budding startup entrepreneurs? I would say it's a marathon and not a sprint. I think you know there will be periods where it is a sprint, but think about how for longer term building a sustainable business. It's not gonna. It, it's not gonna take you two years and you start up your Facebook or whatever. It is. Um, at least that's probably not how you should go into this this journey because the reality will be pretty likely um, something different. I think. Be relentlessly focused on building something or, or providing a service that the people want. It's very easy to you know, identify a problem. You think you have a solution. Essentially, just, you know, the most important and difficult thing is building something that addresses the challenge that people want. 
once that is the case and you have customers who are paying you and want to keep paying you the entire kind of sense of what you're doing and how it feels and the motivations changes from you know sort of hitting your head against the wall and you know trying to find your product market fit as they say um i would say be relentlessly focused on that mm, that's that's really good advice you're you're kind of reminding me i read I read The Art of Innovation um, earlier in the year, and I was really struck in the reading. I mean, it's not a new book particularly, but I was really struck by how the team had a just relentless focus on on what I'd call empathy, actually. Um, And they spent hours and hours observing what people were actually doing, not what they said they did, but what they were actually doing. Um, to to kind of better understand where the pain points were and how significant that was for them in the kind of reiteration and iteration of product development. So I found it, I found that really interesting to read and and understand just how much empathy went into good product design. Yeah, absolutely. For our listeners, we always like to give them something to smile about uh, because we understand that leadership is tough and it's messy, um, but there are also some laughs along the way. Uh, I wondered if you had a a brief story or something that you could share with us that that gives you something to laugh about. Something to laugh about? I mean, maybe maybe the story of our our first ever office, which we were very proud of, which we found online via some kind of co-sharing you know, like office platform you know, the pictures were beautiful and we were very excited to be moving out of our co-working space um so anyway we took this place which ended up being two store two, two floors down underneath um a letting agent the um the only access to oxygen was sort of one three by three inch square that was outside in the kind of outside bit with with access to the street um we realized pretty quickly that it was you know, almost unbearable inside there. We spent about the first two weeks figuring out how to get some air in. Ended up buying a dehumidifier and rigging it up to that thing. Um, my co-founder, he got like trench foot basically. Spent two, half the day emptying water buckets out, but uh, of, of the moisture that had been removed. But it was, um, but it was our little home, uh, and I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you. Um, and one last thing before we finish, um, I, I I always like listeners to have a question to reflect on. So, is there a question that you regularly ask yourself, which uh, which you reflect on, and that helps you stay grounded and focused? Yes, that's a very good question. I'm you know I'm I'm pretty re- reflective and self-critical, um, so probably too much. But I would say. Am I learning and adapting to changing circumstances rather than being set in a very clear idea of what I want and, and getting there? Um, so how am I responding to external stimuli or external data points from people that, that I've met or from customer conversations or from you know, one-to-ones that we've had um, and that the me of you know, employee with six people uh is quite probably very different to the me that employee with 30 people needs um and kind of consciously taking time to reflect on that and you know, change the way that you lead or you know, the way that you that you are in the company and that's a great question to reflect on thank you so much matthew delahaye for joining us today on let's talk leadership you've been a brilliant guest and it's been great to talk with you thank you so much for having me nice to meet you Hannah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Leadership. 
For more, head over to HelenMGConsulting.com and find out about leadership programs and leadership coaching, helping you and your team be the best version of yourselves.